You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. It's, uh, it's about that time, ladies and gentlemen. Tomorrow is, well, it's the most important day of the year so far this year. I don't know what's happened to you this year, but I'm just going to go ahead and declare that. Um, big game, big game. Don't need to explain that. Uh, why don't we go ahead and get to the calls? If you'd like to call into the show, 608-501-0718 is the phone number. New callers go directly to the front of the line. No questions asked, except in the occasion that I might want to ask a question. Does that make sense? Okay. We do not have any new callers, so let's just get this thing rocking and rolling. So I've been thinking, Ryan. I wanted your opinion on this and see what uh, your take is when it comes to the past few years. Green Bay has basically been going thirteen and three, heading into the playoffs. Sometimes with you know number one seed, and you know the whole interview with Tanya saying they really didn't believe in themselves. They yeah. considered themselves maybe even quote unquote frauds themselves. Um, maybe, you know, the pressure that goes along with being that number one seed, uh, sometimes can, uh, you know, change your focus and your mental, uh, perspective going into the games. And this year, these guys are heading into what possibly be the playoffs, you know, probably as the seventh seed, obviously, but in the wild card, uh, maybe playing a little bit looser with less pressure on themselves because, they face it. We they've been playing in the playoffs now for three or four weeks, and so nothing's really changing for them. It's, it's a seamless transition, and I'm just wondering, you know, how many teams that have played, uh, perhaps even going back the last ten or fifteen years, that have been the seventh seed or sixth seed, how, how far have they succeeded in getting in the playoffs, or have they reached the Super Bowl, um, kind of like you know, way Green Bay did back in 2010. I was curious what the uh, success rate is for teams coming in uh, in the lower seeds versus the top seeds, like Green Bay has been the past few years. Have a good one. Well, I'm upset you added that last part because that's much more research intensive, and I try to stay away from that, Garrett, on Packernet After Dark. It's been, um, I can't even tell you how many hours I've been putting into uh, tomorrow's podcast, getting all the picks and everything else. So I'm going to try to dance around it and focus on the first part of the question, if that's all right with you, because you kind of already answered it. Packers have done it. Giants, I think the very next year, did it. Sometimes it happens. It's a thing. And again, last year, the uh, I don't know exactly where the Bengals and... Um, well, let me just look. That'll be the extent of my research. Well, the Rams were the fourth seed. Cincinnati was a fourth seed. So they weren't, they weren't bottom of the barrel. Um, but as I've said several times, nobody considered them a top team at all. It is interesting though the the other part the the fraud part because as you were saying that it seems completely counterintuitive. You know, if you're a good team, you would probably believe that you're actually a good team as opposed to being a team like the Packers are now where you have every reason to believe that you're a fraud because you've been a bad football team 
and are just barely sneaking into the playoffs. The idea that we don't actually belong here with the rest of these teams, you would think would be stronger now than previous years. But I, I do get what you're saying. And I think, I mean, it depends on the person and what their own, how their own psychology works. But um, you could see a situation where everybody hypes you up to be something superhuman and you realize, no, you're actually very much human. You go into the film room, you see the flaws, you see all the mistakes, you see all that stuff, and you think, we're not actually this good. Um, it's kind of similar to what I've said about the the Packers in terms of being a Packer fan and how we analyze and probably overanalyze. You know, we look at the team and go, oh, you know, it's not... Uh, it's it, you know we 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 see all these flaws and don't really realize that everybody has these flaws and many teams have much worse flaws. You know we'll look at oh well we we're not that good we don't even have like a safety or something. It's like do you think every other team or or even the the top teams have perfect rosters? Like that's not a thing. We we're overly critical of our own team, so you can kind of see that. Whereas in this situation where you are the underdog and nobody believes in you anyway, you don't have that particular imposter syndrome going on in your head because everybody says you're an imposter and you don't belong in the playoffs and, and it maybe even has the opposite effect people say that you don't really deserve to be there and all this stuff that you're hearing everybody say and again you go into the film room and what do you see you see a dominant defense you know you see the the highlights that nobody's talking about whereas before everybody's just talking about the highlights and how great you are so i don't know Maybe, maybe that has to do with it. And maybe it's on a team-to-team basis. Maybe that's just how the Packers are wired. Uh, you know, again, I, I thought it was absurd to hear this whole imposter syndrome thing, to, to be that good and to think, oh, shucks, we don't deserve to be here. Like, come on, man. But maybe that's what it takes. Maybe that's what these, these guys need. Different culture. You know, when they're on top, it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if we're actually that good. But have people start telling you you suck. And then when you actually start doing things, saying it's fraudulent and doesn't actually count. Ryan's going to present you with a question of, if you could, would you? If you could sign a free agent that is legitimately out there available, who would it be and would you sign them? Because there are some guys out there maybe that can contribute and help with the depth on certain positions. And obviously, OBJ is still sitting out there. Now, would I personally sign him? Probably not, but maybe there are a few guys out there defensively that maybe could. One guy, I think it's a pipe dream, but anything's possible. I was thinking, it's like, what is Merciless doing out there right now? I wonder what Whitney's up to. I know he's probably not in game shade or even close. The guy knows the defense. The guy did contribute. And it's like, man, it's a shame that someone like that wouldn't be willing to come back out of retirement just to maybe help a team out. So, I don't know. It's one of those pipe dreams I just uh, sit here and think about every once in a while, and there are free agents out there available. So, I'm just wondering uh, if Green Bay could get somebody, would they actually, and could they? Have a good one. Well, the the biggest reason why I hesitate to even look at who's available is because you've got a bunch of teams that are that are wildly desperate for help. Half of these teams are decimated with injuries, um, if there was even anybody moderately interesting, they would get snatched up in a second. Um, the, the, the only exceptions would be players that do offer a little bit of something, but are asking for way too much. 
Um, OBJ would probably be in that camp would be my assumption. Either that or teams are trying to get him and he's just trying to bide his time to pick his team before the playoffs start. You know, he wants to wait until the seeding or whatever before he makes his, his final determination on where he wants to go. I don't know, but, uh, and who knows, maybe he comes to green Bay, but, um, I would doubt that. And I don't even know if I'd want him to come here just, just because we got some kind of a chemistry going and I just feel like that's going to throw everything off. Now we got to figure out how to mix him in, and maybe it'd be fine. I don't know, but I, I just I I think as desperate as teams would be to go out and get help if there was any, they'd be doing it. And the fact that they're not doing it makes it very clear to me that the guys who are not in the NFL are very much not wanted in the NFL. So yeah, like you know, unless we're able to talk somebody out of retirement, like we did with uh, what was it, Jared Valdir or whatever or some other kind of weird extenuating circumstance. I just think the guys that are out there begging for jobs that can't get them are, are not even super worth talking about, would be my thought. Let this marinate. So the last 12 drives, minus the two garbage touchdowns given up to the Vikings, the Packer defense, the last 12 drives, um, this is including the second half versus Miami, uh, started out with, Interception, interception, <laughs> interception, three and out, end of the game against Miami. The Vikings, they give up a field goal, which wasn't their fault. It was They started on the two-yard line and only gave up three. A three and out, pick six, a missed field goal, fumble recovery by Clark, and then another interception. That's 12 times the defense has been on the field six interceptions I believe this team believe it or not and I was one of the biggest doubters of this defense I did not like what I saw on the field they are starting to click I just can't believe over those 12 12 possessions of what that defense put together um, it's mind-boggling Let's hope that they continue it against Detroit and continue it on into the playoffs. I'm out. Yeah, I was actually just looking. I didn't look that. Uh, I didn't necessarily look at that in, in, in its entirety, but I was looking at the, the drive summary today for the Minnesota Vikings, and it is pretty shocking at how very little they were able to do. I mean, just absolutely nothing. And you're right. I mean, that's that's... That's staggering. I'm taking your at, at your word because again, I don't really want to look it up, but that sounds sounds about right to me. So I I don't know. I'm 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 I am a born skeptic. I tend to skew negative fan as opposed to positive fan. So I look at this and just expect the Lions to come out and throw up a bunch of points and be like, well, I, you know, I thought we had a defense and we win by two points or whatever. I know what my score prediction says, but that's that's math. I'm talking about my heart as a Packer fan watching this just with no expectation. By the way, this Jaguars-Titans game, it's the most exciting low-scoring game I've ever watched. I don't know why. Probably because I actually have money on the line. Not very much, but really want them to make uh, good with this defense, and they're doing a good job. But no, you're right. I mean, it's 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 really is staggeringly good this how good this defense has been I mean it's it's shockingly good and if nobody wants to necessarily give the Packers credit because it's a small sample size or whatever um fine but to sit there and pretend it hasn't happened and to treat the Packers defense like a garbage defense and you know the Lions are going to run all over them and 
it was just fraud Vikings and concussed Tua, and that's the only reason. And okay, if that's what you want to roll with, but um, you've got you've got an absolute bombshell just staring you right in the face, and um, that thing's gonna blow up right in your face if you're wrong. Hello, Ryan. Hey, there he is. Mike Cabrini, hey, Mike. Packers super fan. Going on. Been a while. Been a while. There it is. <laughs> um, I don't actually have the transcript, so I didn't. The call. Been very busy at work. And see that. For the holidays, my wife had a little bit of a health scare that we've been trying to work through. I'm sorry. So I've been a little preoccupied. But you had to check in this week. Obviously, fantastic win against the Vikings. Let's go. But I got to tell you, coming up this weekend, this Detroit game, and I'm going to call tomorrow with my official predictions. Okay. But I got to tell you, um, I'm going to I'm going to take the Packers. There you I go. Mean, I think they're they should beat the Detroit Lions. Always good when Packers superfan picks the Packers, because if there's any reason to doubt the Packers, he's probably going to doubt the Packers. Don't necessarily mean that to be negative, but it is what it is, Mike. You know, you know. You know where you are, where you skew on that uh, fan base. You're you're like me. You tend to skew on the uh, nervous side. So, very good sign. I am at home in Lambo. No questions about it. Absolutely. With the way they're playing right now, uh, I feel more confident about this than, than probably all season any any potential win. Wow. I think you know they should win this game. However, you know me. Got to look at the negative side a little bit too. <laughs> there here. you go. What happens? I guess my question to you is, what what's going to be your um, kind of theme of the show if we lose oh. Sunday night? I don't want to put negativity out there. It's funny because I was I was actually just thinking that as you were talking. Um, me being the ultra guarded, um, trying to cover my bases type of person, um, my immediate thought is if we lose. There's going to be a whole lot of, oh, what now comments. I don't usually get a ton of those from Packer fans, but you'll find one overly, especially like like this kind of stuff. When we're officially eliminated, the absolute worst day of the year is when we get knocked out of the playoffs. I get all kinds of messages, not usually massively negative toward me, but just, I can't do this. I got to check out, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it'll be as bad this year because the season's been so bad. Um, everybody kind of knows what it is, but... Um, was just thinking about, you know, what do you do when you get the completely ignorant, oh, I thought we were going to win thing. Because again, like as, as if I don't put the caveat any given Sunday 70,000 times, oh, I thought the Lions wouldn't be able to run, which I didn't say. Oh, I thought we were going to beat them by 10. What happened to that? Dude, if we lose by 20, entirely possible. It's not what's most likely based on all of the best available data, which is all that I'm giving you. But I'm not making you any promises. Just putting that out there right now. Jeez, these defenses are just vicious. These offenses suck, one or the other, or a little bit of both. But man, oh man. Ooh, Blade Trilogy on Tubi. Thanks for the update. I love Blade. Um, what? But, but okay, so what is my... I don't know. I, I, I guess I haven't really thought about it nearly enough as I should in terms of what is what is the message to the troops now that the season is officially over um my mind immediately goes obviously to all the bears and vikings and lions fans gloating and how miserable that's going to be but yeah i mean the season 
As much as it sucks, I guess I haven't really thought enough about the fact that the season could officially be over tomorrow. I mean, I, I guess it's you try to recap the game as best as you can. Positives, negatives, probably focus mostly on the negatives just because nobody wants to hear positives. People are going to think you're just being stupid and get angry about it. Trevor Lawrence kind of sucks, man. I thought he was really good. What happened to this guy? But, I mean, look, listen, it's... I'm a Packer fan 365 days a year. And I know a lot of... And I've been trying to tell people not to do this, but everybody's so focused on the one thing, it's the Super Bowl. And the only thing that... And if we don't win the Super Bowl, then every my whole life is over. Dude, it's on to the next day. I know I wanted... The, I, I want the 2022-2023 season to end with a Super Bowl, right? But here's the deal. Let me, let me tell you two things that I know very comfortably. Number one, the Packers are very unlikely to win the Super Bowl this year. Number two, the second the Packers don't win the Super Bowl, as in eliminated from the playoffs, the 2023 season begins. I know that for a fact. So do whatever you have to do to brace yourself for the fact that we are not winning the Super Bowl and get ready for 2023 as soon as that, that happens, because that's what we're doing. I'm not going to spend three weeks crying about it. I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll spend a while, hopefully not a full week, but maybe. We'll see. Don't really know, but I don't want to spend any more than a week for sure before moving on. Moving on to the contracts, who stays, who goes. Moving on to the draft, moving on to free agency, moving on to the Aaron Rodgers retirement, and, and, and how do we get back in and, and come back stronger next year than this year. That's the way it goes. And for now, we just hope that that conversation, which is coming, I mean, as soon as the season ends, it's coming. Even if we win the Super Bowl, guess what? We spend some time celebrating, and then we got to move on. Because it's just another year next year. It just keeps on going. It's the beauty of the NFL. It just never stops. You get The season ends not the way you want it to. Guess what? You get another one that starts right away. You don't have to wait till September. It starts immediately. So that's what it is. Just to do it, but I'm just curious because what happens if we lose? Because you know what it is after that. It's, it's, it's Roger's watch starts, yeah. right? Yeah. And here we are. You know, early January, Rogers' watch is going to start, and well, and that'll be the first thing is his comments, right? Everybody's going to want to know his post game comments. That'll that, you know, one thousand percent that'll come up. You know, whether it's a direct question about how are you feeling, what do you think you're going to do, or sort of an indirect, you know, have you given it any thought, or does this weigh on your decision, or whatever. Um, That'll be the first thing, and then we'll over myself included. We'll overanalyze his comments, um, and continue to do so. And then Pat McAfee on Tuesday is going to be massive. Don't know if he's actually going to do it or not, um, but they're they're going to grill him on it, and that'll be huge. That's going to be, you know, for me and everybody else, that'll be the biggest McAfee of the year to try to see what his comments are, et cetera, et cetera. So you're right. It's going to be a lot of things. Rogers' watch is going to be probably the biggest because the future of the team. There's no bigger question to answer right now than are we rebuilding entirely with Jordan Love with a new quarterback or are we continuing on with Aaron Rodgers? I think I know what's going to happen, but I don't know. It's very much like this Lions situation. I I think I know, and I'm going to continue on as though Rodgers is coming back, but there's a very real possibility that doesn't happen, and that's that's a seismic shift. It's all we're going to be talking about until what? 
middle of March when free agency hits. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously we'll be talking about the draft. We'll be talking a little bit about, uh, you know, free agency and, and, and whatnot. But this is going to be Rogers 24 seven yeah. watch. Yeah. What is Aaron Rodgers going to decide to do? And he said many times, it ain't just him. What are the Packers going to do? We didn't get a chance to see Jordan Love. Again, we don't really know what we have there. The Packers continually say they think they know what they have, or they say they know what they have in Jordan Love. So it'll be very interesting to see what the what the play is. In my opinion, I think they need to keep Jordan Love another year. And I know that means they have to sign him. Um, and I think they should do that. Um, even if even if Rodgers does come back, we got to have that safety valve. Um, we need that backup quarterback. I think they got to convince him hang hang in there another year, maybe two. Uh, although I, that's probably stretching it. Um, anyway, I'm just curious what your thoughts are. What 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 are we going to talk about? Uh, other than Rogers watch. That's all it's going to be 24 seven. Anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's again, that that's part of it. It's, it's general off season. I mean, I, I guess the good news is it's more inter- entertaining than every other off season because Rogers is at least a thing, but I, I don't think it's going to be, that's what everybody's going to want to talk about, but it's going to be pretty boring because you're going to have the post game. You're going to have the Pat McAfee show after if he's even on it. And then it's just going to be round-the-clock speculation, but I'm not going to do that because we only have so much information, and if he's not going to continue to talk about it, then what else is there to do, you know? It gets to the point where at some point we've talked about it. We, I've given my opinion. Everybody else has given theirs. Now we wait, and uh, until we hear something else, this is kind of it. As for the Jordan Love thing, yeah, I mean, we, we've heard kind of two different things, which can coexist, but... One is that they think that he can play in the NFL. One is that you don't actually know until you see him out on the field. And again, the the Packers brass coaches GM have said both of those things, and I think they mean both of those things. That is to say, if Jordan, if, if Aaron Rodgers does leave, they believe that Jordan Love can be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but they also don't know entirely until they get him out there on the field to see definitively. So I think that's the plan. They they like Jordan Love. They're going to keep Jordan Love. Um, if Rodgers does come back, though, that could be a problem. There were reports earlier that Jordan Love, the belief is that Jordan Love will ask for a trade, um, in which case I think that puts us in a really tough spot because I do like Jordan Love, and I like what I've seen from him. I, I really grew to like his college tape. I know anybody that watches the college tape knows he's a bum. No, I think you watched his LSU game where he threw like five interceptions and you drew your conclusions based on that. Um that's what I did when I first went back and watched him. If you typed him into YouTube, that was the first thing that popped up. I watched it, and I'm like, oh, geez, this guy's garbage. Not really doing any deep diving until we actually drafted him, and then I looked into all of his games and the context of the fact that it's LSU. You're down by 500 points. What else are you going to do? Not throw it and just take sacks? Of course you're going to throw 50-50 balls in hopes that your guys come down with it. And lo and behold, LSU defensive backs end up catching it at a higher rate than your wide receivers do because you're freaking Utah State against at the time probably the best db groups in the uh in college football touchdown jacksonville on that uh fumble recovery i didn't think that was i thought we just saw in a game that if any part of the hand is moving forward and kind of flicks that ball forward it's not a touchdown and he clearly pushed the ball with his fingers at the end there but anyways we'll see we'll see we'll we'll get into that hopefully not starting uh starting in two days though 
Let's do one more and then take a break. This is Trucker Bob. Hey, this is Truck Driver Bob hey. from Florida. My route canceled today, so I'm sitting in a hotel room waiting for my next run tomorrow morning. Nice. And I thought about you on Packernet. Oh, that's Anyways, I have nice. a question for you. Aaron Jones, yeah. do you think his career is going to be good enough to put him in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Let me give you a couple points to consider. Okay. There have been only 11 running backs in NFL history with a career average of at least five yards per carry. He happens to be one of them. The other thing that was interesting about Jones is him and a famous running back called Jim Brown are the only running backs in NFL history to have over 3,000 rushing yards, 35 touchdowns, and an over five-yard rushing average. Do you think that after a couple more good years, Jones could be a Hall of Fame candidate? Thank you. Looking forward to your answer. I, I'm i leaning heavily toward no. Um, I just really don't think that he would be in that conversation. Trying to find a list that actually makes sense where I can kind of compare and contrast. The, the only thing that I, the only reason I would say yes is because it kind of feels like everybody kind of gets into the Hall of Fame if you're like really good at stuff. And um, I don't know where truly elite, one of a kind players become good enough to get into the Hall of Fame good. Um, so I, I, I guess my answer, as much as it pains me to say so, is I don't think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. I get the stat of, of yards per carry, which is great, and it's sad that he hasn't been more heavily utilized as a running back, um, maybe in a, in a different scheme, in a different team, in a different era. He would have absolutely carved some people up and, and really racked up some stats, but in a team where he's getting 10, 12 yard, uh, carries a game with Mike McCarthy and uh, even now in his duo with uh, A.J. Dillon, you know, it's just hard to put him up there for me personally. But again, I don't know. I, I don't know, you know, is he in the same category as Jim Brown? No. But you look at the guys that are in the Hall of Fame, is he with, you know, up there with Tony Dorsett? Yeah, I don't know why he wouldn't be. But, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys are. I mean, and again, with Dorsett, you're talking about a, what, 12-year career? So he racked up a, a lot of total yards. But, I mean, the last three years, he never even got to 800. He was usually in the high threes, low fours in terms of yards per carry, not, not necessarily his heyday, but, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't like the criteria. I do think you should probably lean heavier on yards per carry, but you get a guy like Aaron Jones with a high yards per carry, that doesn't have necessarily a high total yardage um, or touchdowns or any of the flashy stats. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I really, every time I think about Aaron Jones, it, it kind of makes me sad because I really do think he is, he is a rare, rare running back and nobody knows it. Um, I think he's been consistently one of the better running backs in football and um, has just never really gotten the recognition for it because he just doesn't have the, he was, he was never a high-carry guy. You know, he's not getting two, 300 yards 
you know, 250 yard rushing games or anything like that. I'm not saying never, but it just, it just, I think the perception of him is good, not great. And as wrong as that may be, I just think that that's kind of what he's seen as. He's got some years left, but um, I don't know. If, even if he stays in Green Bay, he's going to be a low-volume guy. And if he leaves, he's going to be I, – I think that is the way that he's going to be utilized as a smaller guy. You keep him fresh. You put him in the rotation with somebody, you keep him fresh, and you let him be a part of a great tandem. So, anyways, uh, why don't we take a break? We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey Ryan, what the heck is going on? This is Nico. Hey man. Idaho, bada bing, bada boom. So, um, I've been listening to some stuff lately. Not as much, because, you know, it's not a lot out there anymore. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I am not the smartest man on the planet. That's all right. Uh, I am of average to subpar intelligence, intellect, whatever you call it. Me and you both. You know, I am the brightest lad on the Christmas tree. Uh, I'm not one of those dudes that can watch a game and be like, ah, the third quarter on the fourth half, uh, the second drive, that left tackle put his foot three inches in front of the other foot. Now it really made off bounce. I can't do that. Nope. My brain just kind of follows the flow of the play. Yep. Uh, typically the ball. And I- Dude, I forget what happened seven seconds after it happened. I don't know. I don't remember anything. That's why I need all these tabs open with all this data and information so that I can go back and reference to it. And then after I talk about it, I'm going to forget about it again. You can sometimes see other things. I, I, last week, I did notice oh, Josiah Digawara mm-hmm. uh, just plowing some people in the hole and letting those young be free. I, I, I want one particularly ran in the hole and just whoever he hit was like, what's happening? But anyways, all these dum-dums complaining about the footing on the field. Yeah. Okay? I've been watching the Packers since the Magic Man days with Lindy and Fanti. Mm-hmm. And it's always, traction at Lambo has always been an issue, especially this time of the year. Like, uh, and I've, I've never been there, never seen a game of Lambo, never walked on the field. Um, and even I know, hey, you know what, bring, bring more than one kind of shoe. Uh, back in the day, I think they used to be able to screw on a different type of cleat. Now they don't do that. I don't know. But, uh, if dumb old me knows that the footing in Lambo at the end of the NFL season can be tricky, then why is these, Why'd they act like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea. I was flipping. I mean, so, yeah, no, no one cheated. Uh, and isn't this the team that pipes in loud music to make the opposing teams uh, not be able to hear crap? You know, oh, wow. uh, when when we go to Minnesota, for years they've been saying that Minnesota jacks up the 
sound, like play fake crowd noise, because you know, they cheat. I guess they cheat. But no, this idiot, idiot stupidness. <laughs> uh, so, now it's about the dummy. Well, the the best part of that story is that was a big giant conspiracy theory, and then the Vikings came out with the real story and said, "No, we knew what was going to happen." We told the guys what shoes to wear, and they refused to wear them. And so all these dummies who went out and pushed all these conspiracy theories that we flooded the field or whatever nonsense completely blows up in their face. Just like when they said it should have been a penalty on Jair for taunting, and you have Dean Blandino come out and say, no, it shouldn't. I mean, all the whining and crying and complaining about an absolute blowout as if any of these things had anything to do with how garbage your football team is, but then to still have the gall to complain about it as though it matters and then have it blow up in your face because you don't actually have any examples. You can't even find, you, you can't find anything. I saw one person highlight one like holding call against the Packers. I think it was actually the Jair thing where he grabbed his, jersey or something and i promptly posted the picture of christian watson getting held which happened pretty much every time he ran down the field so shut up this it's so it's it's embarrassing is what it is it's it's embarrassing if you lost in a close game and the refs are really terrible i get that that's annoying i really do and even if you understand that complaining about the refs as i do is stupid and you shouldn't do it you still do it a little bit just just based on the fact that I'm really tired of this and it shouldn't have to be this way. But the fact that you were blown out and it has nothing to do with your uh, losing in that game and and the fact that your examples that you're citing aren't even correct is so ridiculous and embarrassing. Uh, next Seattle player saying how the NFL wants Green Bay in the Super Bowl, but yeah, yeah, they orchestrated nine teams to lose on the same weekend. And, and then told the refs, don't throw a foul if anyone... Like beat the crap out of Christian Watson when he just let those plays go. Like how? I mean, I understand you got to be a homer, and a dude that played for Seattle probably hates Green Bay. I get it, Brian Urlacher. You don't like the Packers, but don't sound stupid when you say things. That's right. all, you know. I mean, uh, uh, what do you do? Hey, so uh, let's here's to beat the snot out of the Lions, and uh, and then continue that after that. As to who, you know, who knows how far we go, but it's all going to be good, so go back, go. Yeah, and that's another one. The, the you know, the NFL is cheating in the favor of the Packers. And again, I'm, I'm on the side of it does negatively affect the Lions if Seattle wins. I don't think they should have flexed this game out. Now, I don't think they did it for conspiratorial reasons. I think they did it because it's a major game, and they wanted that to be on prime time as opposed to the other op options, which were not as good. I think that was as far as the thought process went. Um, and either way, it's a big story. I mean, it's Green Bay Packers are a massive draw. It's in Lambeau Field, which is a is is a great um, option to put on prime time. And it's Aaron Rodgers fighting his way back in to the playoffs, which is likely to happen. So it's it's what you want to be on television. But as far as, you know, I heard Seahawks fans, but Lions fans complaining that this isn't this isn't fair, you can say that it isn't fair, but I don't want to hear about rigged. It's not rigged. In fact, you could have unrigged this really easily. You know how you could have done that? Beat the Panthers. Beat the freaking lowly garbage Carolina Panthers, and we're not even having to have this conversation. It doesn't even matter anymore. In fact, it would probably be the opposite, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be we're the ones fighting 
and 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 hoping for another miracle to get in. I'm not positive, but it's something to that effect. It would not be good for us if the Lions had uh, won an additional game. Maybe it wouldn't have mattered. I don't know. But the, again, just beat the Panthers. It's not rigged. You just suck. All the whining and crying and complaining all the time. And why, why can't you just man up and accept what it is? You got Lions fans already complaining about the refs. It's just embarrassing. You, you have Vikings fans complaining about referees and how the refs are going to cheat in this upcoming game. This is the same team whose star player just took his helmet off on the field and came over to the sideline and smashed it into the back of a referee, and there was no penalty. This is the same team that mugged uh, Christian Watson and held him every single time down the field, and it never got called. And you're actually going to have the audacity to sit here and complain that the refs are always helping the Packers. Shut up. Ryan, it's Jimmy. Hey. Uh, man, it is a crisp Saturday morning. Um, I've had a few days to let everything settle in, and I'm um, eagerly anticipating, eagerly and nervously anticipating this Lions game tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> I was not thrilled when they moved it to the evening. Uh, I was looking forward to a nooner, getting a nice early start up to Lambeau and just having a warmish, as warm as it could be experience. And now uh, we're going to be heading up late on a school night. But you know what? It's senior year for this kid. Uh, so whatever. It is what it is. This is going to be amazing. And uh, I can't wait. I'm torn. Uh, there's a part of me that definitely wants um, Seattle to lose. Um, and some kind of a, a big Baker Mayfield fan uh, at this moment, because I would kind of like for this game to be meaningless for Detroit. Yes. At the same time, man, bring it on. You know, um, if they're it. playing tight, maybe that's that's fine. Uh, it'll obviously, if it means something to them, make it a more exciting game in so many ways. Um, I plan to, uh, if I can stay present enough, call in a couple times, uh, give you a little bit of a view from the seats during the game. Um, but hey, I just wanted to check in. Uh, I'm quite, quite excited for, for this game, um, both for my own personal experience and for the entire Packer Nation to, uh, to have something to cap this season with. Um, we stuck with this team this year for some pretty rough moments. So, uh, we deserve this. Okay. Go. I'm getting another call. Gotta go. Go pack. Go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm not as much of a uh, hopeless romantic as some people might be. I'm, I'm not as much of a, uh, a, a dramatic individual. I get the storyline and, and how nice it would be if, if the, everything was on the line and all that, and we still fight back and win it the right way and all that. Listen, man, um, I think winning the Super Bowl is a healthy dose of being the best team and having a lot of things bounce your way. Nobody is gonna have every. No, nobody's gonna have all the luck, and um, if you don't have any luck, you're bound to lose. And when you get luck, you you take it, right? Don't ever turn it down. You know that that it's like a lot of people would say. Well, would you rather um, have the buy or you know maybe be better? You know the Packers always deal with this. I'd rather not have the buy because we're we're you know we don't get the 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 rest and, and kind of not playing, but then also like you come in hot and all that. Look, man, just take the bye. I, I get the, the potential complications, but 
the risk of losing that buy is very, very real. And if you have a guaranteed victory into the next round, you take it. And I kind of see it this way. I understand that a lot of Lions fans are still going to play hard. And I'm not saying the Lions are going to be trash. The Lions are still a very talented football team, and they're still going to play very hard. Um, But whatever minor advantage there's going to be to some players feeling disheartened and having their hearts ripped out a couple hours before the the game, um, whatever that advantage is, I will take it. And if, you know, the, the, the biggest negative is people saying that, well, the Packers didn't really earn it. They've been saying that all along anyways. That's all they've been saying. So who cares? They're going to say it no matter what. You haven't beat anybody. Even if we play the Lions and everything's on the line, guess what? They'll find a reason to tear down the Lions and say the Lions aren't that good. And we have to go play the 49ers. The Packers will get no respect until they beat a team like the 49ers. And even then, some teams are going to, some, some people, if that were to happen, would find reasons, would find excuses. Well, they had a couple lucky breaks in that game. And, you know, that, that, that was an uncharacteristically bad this, that, or the other. Or, you know, Brock Purdy will be the excuse, right? I think somebody called in and talked about that yesterday. That'll be the big excuse is, well, it's Brock, he's lucky it's Brock Purdy. You know, that's what happens with an inexperience. And it's just going to be all the way down the line. And you know what? Here's the deal. If we get that all the way down the line, they can go ahead and put an asterisk next to our uh, Lombardi trophy and complain and whine and cry, and they can take that asterisk and they can grab it and shove it, all right? Because I don't care. I don't want to hear it. All that matters is finding a way to get in, right? I mean, listen, we have a a competitive advantage by being at home in this game. That's a much bigger advantage than whatever is going to happen in that Seattle game. It's unfair, but I'm not going to sit here and advocate for a neutral field. No. Home field advantage. Take advantage of it. Some things go your way. Injuries go your way sometimes. Sometimes they don't go your way. We got knocked out of the playoffs last year, likely, because of the amount of injuries that we sustained and the amount of people that weren't playing. I'm, I'm positive if we were a healthy football team, we win that game. It's three points is all we needed to win the game. So, you know, sometimes things go your way, sometimes they don't. I'm not going to be a hopeless romantic about it. If we get an advantage, even a minor one, I'll take it. I'll take the minor advantage. I will be rooting for Seattle. Hey, it's Seth. It's been hey. a while. Busy with the holidays and whatnot. I get it. Um, a couple thoughts. Um, one, I think uh, it's fascinating, um, all the wet field cleat, <laughs> you know, did we flood the field talk? Right. Which is obviously a bunch of nonsense, but you think it's you obvious. See so many games where the fields are so much worse, you know, oh, yeah. when it's pouring down. So it's like, it obviously wasn't that wet or there would have been. Well, I mean, you look at the Chicago bears game in week one and everybody glorifies it. It's the monsoon game. What a great game. And all the, you know, the bears sliding and, you know, it's just, it was a great thing. And, and, and that's the thing. And, and it's not, it's just Vikings fans crying about this. Nobody else is crying about it. Maybe Bears and Lions fans because they're petulant children who hate the Packers no matter what. Nobody else is crying about this. Because for the, for the majority of people, they like the grass. They like the sloppy weather. They like the snow and the rain and all that because that's what football is. The fact that these Vikings fans are willing to actually admit that they prefer these ridiculously lame dome games 
and they're going to complain about the Packers and, oh, you have a terrible field because you play outside and not in a dome. Oh, you poor little angels. You know children play football outside? Did you know that? And they managed to pull it off? Shut up. <laughs> you know, mud, turf ripping up, all that kind of stuff. Also, super interesting, I think, the Vikings hadn't played on an outdoor field since week 10. So it might be one of those things where they just, you know, spoiled a little bit by their by their turf field and a couple away games they had in that stretch and also um, in domes with turf fields. So, um, you know, it's probably a lot of why they struggled too is he just hadn't played on it for a while. So maybe they should have been outside practicing on the grass a little bit more that week. Uh, also, I want to talk about Quay Walker a little bit. Um, I noticed this um, in some highlights back, starting in, I think it was the Rams game. I think it started after the buy-in part of our defensive scheme shift. But they've been lining them up in front of wide receivers. Some, and I think mainly in the slot, but I'm wow. not sure if that's entirely. But it's not to run the whole route with them, but he's bumping them up front. And right. I mean, if you're a, a skinny wide receiver going up against Quay, that's not a fun person to be bumping you at the line of scrimmage. So... I think they're doing a great job of using Quay's, you know, power, speed, length a lot more in this scheme adjustment. Um, that's been fun to see that they're they're using him to to cause chaos in m- multiple ways. All right, that's all I got for now. Hopefully, I'll uh, be calling in after the game on Sunday. Yeah, that was actually highlighted. I think maybe tomorrow's podcast I talk about it. Um... But that was one of the interceptions against Miami, I think, is he was lined up across from Tyreek Hill and gave him a good old shove, and that kind of threw off the timing and the the depth on the route, I think uh, Sam Holman said in the article he wrote, and uh, that partially at least contributed to that interception. But yeah, they, they use him in uh, a lot of different ways. They use him up on the line, they use him in the slot. Not a ton, obviously, but a little little, little dash here and there, like you said, just to kind of throw a little wrinkle in there. And, yeah, it usually is just to be to kind of stay in their play zone and be really aggressive on the line, especially last week, which was the primary goal was to be very aggressive. Hey, Ryan, this is Andy from Kansas. Hey. I'm curious what the Packers are going to do in fourth down situations in this upcoming game with Detroit as well as in the future when they make the playoffs. And also the the uh, end goal, goal to go situations. It seems like both of those things just don't seem to work. And I don't know if it's because they're running very similar plays. Uh, a lot of times when they're in the end goal situations, I just think make it simple, don't make it overly complicated. But I don't know if they really are. So is there any insight you, that you have as far as they run this kind of play too often or this play not enough? to make fourth down conversions and touchdowns within 10 yards. Thanks. Bye. Oh boy. You guys are putting me to work today. Let me look at one thing real quick and just see if anything jumps out. So looking at the 2022 season, first of all, it does appear the Packers are really, really low on fourth down conversion percentage. They rank 29th ahead of Cincinnati, New England and Chicago at just 37.9%. Detroit, 15th at 51.4 percent they've converted 11 of 29 tries it's actually the sixth most attempts and just the 13th most conversions and i can see here it looks like aaron Rodgers attempted 18 times so the majority of the time on fourth down they do uh, throw the ball which is probably not super surprising especially considering it could be fourth and who knows what if it's fourth and five or more you're obviously going to 
throw the ball, and then anything under, it's kind of 50-50. But Rodgers is 6 of 18. He's thrown 10 of 18 passes that were catchable. 8 of 18 were on target. Only sacked once, but has thrown three touchdowns and a pick. If I tighten this up a little bit, even within five yards, which is most of the attempts, um, Rodgers has 14 attempts. So there were only four of the 18 pass attempts that were beyond five yards. So even within five yards, most of these are... uh, What I'd like to do is be able to get a percentage, but I'm not going to be able to without putting a ton of time into this. So for example, the only quarterbacks that have attempted more um, within five yards are Justin Herbert and Jared Goff. And Jared Goff and the Lions have um, attempted way more. I think they're the third highest in attempts. The only thing that really, again, stands out, and I, it's hard to kind of pinpoint anything, but Aaron Rodgers' accuracy is a major problem. Um, people with a minimum of five attempts, he has the third low, lowest catchable pass percentage and on-target percentage that's out of 21 quarterbacks, and he has significantly more attempts. So Colt McCoy has five, Josh Allen has eight, Aaron Rodgers has 14. After him is Justin Fields, who's actually a little bit higher average net yards per attempt, which is just kind of a general value thing. Um, Rodgers is 18th out of 21, fourth lowest. So the only thing I think is, is he's just he's just not doing a good job, period. But it's it's so hard to, I mean, you'd, you'd almost have to go back and just find those plays and watch them to get the, the full context of what exactly was happening on those plays. I have, I have no really, no real way of being able to do that. Hey, Ryan. It's good to Steve. Hey. How are you? Good, Steve. Well, I'm doing great. That's good. I'm pretty excited about football games this weekend. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do have a question. Good. Let's just say, um, hypothetically, a friend of mine said, hey, I got tickets to the Green Bay Packers-Lions game this weekend at Lambeau Field. Do you want to go? Yeah. Well, let's just say that um, you might not be allowed to cross state lines into Wisconsin without having some major trouble. Okay. So would you still risk it and go? And also, if you did go, would you wear your Joy Harrington football jersey? All right. Thanks, Ryan. Bye. No, you shouldn't. I don't know exactly what major trouble means, but um, trouble would be a no. Major trouble is a is a major no. I don't know what we're talking about. If this is like a, a crazy ex or or some kind of a warrant <laughs> or what we're dealing with here, but um, nah, just just politely say no, thank you to your friend, and he can invite somebody else, and it'll be fine. Uh, we'll just watch it from home. Me and you, man, it'll be all right. Um, should you wear your Joey Harrington jersey? Why do you have that? That would be, I think, my only question. It's crazy. I just looked it up. He was the third overall pick in the 2002 draft. Joey Harrington was. Third overall. The guy's name is, I heard you say it, and I was like, I've heard of him. Who is Joey Harrington? Third overall pick. That's how bad it is. Granted, that was a while ago. It was 20 years ago, but still. To be a third overall pick and to be remembered as, who was that guy again? Who did he play for? What did he do? Is he like a is he like a linebacker or something? That's where my that's where my mind went. I don't know, but I think I think we answered the question. You you can wear the jersey at home if you want, but um, don't don't do that either. Actually, no to both. Let's let's say no to both. All right, one more call and then we're out of here. 
Hey, Ryan, this is Andy from Kansas. Again. Hey. As far as Aaron Rodgers' performance is concerned, I know he talks a lot about you know being self-confident when you go out to play and, and that kind of just good philosophy as far as uh, facing other defenses. But I'm curious if it, if it seems to you, because it seems to me, that he doesn't look certain when it comes to decision-making. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a there's a big enough difference between being confident in your decision-making and being certain in your decision-making. For instance, when he throws the ball, I'm sure he thinks, yeah, I can get this pass in there. But a lot of times before he throws the ball, he has this look of, I'm not exactly sure where to go. And I think that seems to mess up some of the, the rhythm when it comes to the offense. Anyway, thanks. Bye. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to trying to parse that out in my head as I picture Aaron Rodgers in the pocket. Um, I definitely know what the uncertainty looks like, and then I, I, I guess I could see what you're saying, where when he finally makes up his mind, there's really no question at that point that he's going to be able to make it work, um, which is kind of a bad combo now that I'm thinking about it, because obviously you have the lack of certainty, which is a problem, which is not what we had when it was Rogers Devontae, where he was just certain that him and I are on the same page and we got the right matchup and I'm certain that I'm going to snap the ball and take three steps and then throw it in this exact location and he's going to be exactly there and it's going to be exactly caught, et cetera, et cetera. Now that's not the case, but you have uncertainty, but then also this sort of, I don't know, I guess I shouldn't call it overconfident because he does need to be con- he does need to be confident in his decision, even if it's kind of a bad one because being completely unconfident in your decision is just going to be a disaster. Um, but no, I, I think that's true. I think he's, it, it just, it leaves me personally with a feeling of anxiety watching this offense because it doesn't feel confident. It doesn't feel like they know what they're doing. It doesn't feel orchestrated. It feels like backyard football. And that's what makes me so nervous. Even when they get a first down, you don't trust that they're going to get another one. You know, you watch the snap of the ball and, and you can just tell, you you can tell when a deep pass is going to be completed as soon as it leaves Rogers' hands, usually. There are a couple times I get surprised, um, but when it's right in rhythm, when it's just boom, 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 and then he looks and he sees it and he just throws it and there's no hesitation and there's no nothing, it's like, oh man, it's going to be beautiful. But you can see the sort of, the, the, the panic feel, the, the um, uh, no, uh, 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 throw. And it's like, I don't even need to see what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen. And not all of that is Aaron, on Aaron Rodgers, but it's just the whole structure of the offense just feels very, yeah, they're just getting by, you know? It's, you know, the offensive line, a certain percentage of the time is is causing problems with timing, and the wide receivers sometimes are causing problems. And the defense, let's be fair, also can cause problems with, you know, disrupting things, you know, post-snap, uh, the safety dropped, and I didn't think he was going to do that, and so now i got to change what I'm doing. Da, 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 da. And then there's Aaron Rodgers and his uncertainty, and then there's the wide receivers and their routes and, and whatever. But it all, just every play kind of feels like we're just scratching and clawing to try to get a couple. It feels so difficult to move the ball. Um, and maybe this is just what most teams and most fans feel like. We're just not used to it as Packer fans where everything just feels easy. Because you have Aaron freaking Rodgers and Devontae Adams and a great offensive line and everything else that we usually have on a year-to-year basis. Um, but no, it's, 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 
it's not it's not fun. <laughs> it kind of sucks a little bit. But um I don't know, man. We'll uh we'll just see how it goes, I guess. The nobody expected the defense to make these kinds of strides. And um as much as I'm worried about what if the defense falls off, there's just as easily a question of what if this offense takes off. And in my estimation, that really just comes down to the passing game. I like the rushing attack. I like the offensive line as a whole. If Rodgers can kind of snap out of his funk and, and you know, he can get into a better rhythm with the wide receivers, this team as a whole is completely unstoppable. You know, again, assuming there's no plummeting with the special teams or defense, you're talking about the number one special teams in football, a top three defense, and now you've got a great rushing attack, a great offensive line, a Hall of Fame quarterback, and some really capable wide receivers. You know, I mean, we're already a, a top 10 defense or a top 10 offense. It's just a matter of can we kind of move past? I mean, it depends where you cut it off and what metrics you're using. But can we kind of step into the realm of being a good offense as opposed to a slightly above average offense? Because if we can, there will be no doubt. If we can't, then it's like, well, we've got some positives, some negatives. Let's just hope for consistency and a couple of good bounces bounces of the ball and we'll see how much of a run we can make here which to be fair was um 2010 no i'm not saying we were bad in 2010 and then got hot what i am saying is we weren't a perfect team we had injuries we had deficiencies we weren't number one across the board the 96 team that team was number one across the board that was just elite 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 special teams defense offense nothing was touching that team they should have won the super bowl they did win the super bowl end of conversation but yeah, maybe there is something with the uh, being underconfident, but also overconfident. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I just know that it's not as smooth of an operation as, as it has been in the past, and I don't necessarily expect that to get fixed, but I'm hoping we can improve it slightly while also leaning on the run game and the defense and the special teams to really carry us um, through this game tomorrow as well as hopefully the postseason. But anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to go prepare for a night of restless sleep and nervous puking. Restless sleep, nervous puking. (laughs) Oh, the office. There's a scene for everything. I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a great night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.